What's up, everybody? It's been a minute. I took a little hiatus, been working on my other business, but welcome to another episode of Off Probation Podcast. Your host, me, Paul Calvani, the motherfucking man. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not that full of myself. I'm also with my special guest, Bailey. Why don't you introduce yourself? I'm Bailey. (laughs) Hell yeah. Sorry, I kind of uh, dropped the ball on that one, I feel like. Thank you for coming and being on this podcast. I'm honored. I'm excited. We've been talking about this for a minute, so it's actually exciting to do. Hell yeah. And it's a little premature because you're actually not off officially yet, but you're off house arrest and your story is so good that I couldn't wait. You know what I'm saying? I, I had to have you here. I definitely think it's so cool. So we could talk about this. I came and like mixed it up for you a little bit on the yeah. podcast. No, that's, for sure. That's, you know, and I feel like I felt like you getting off house arrest is like we have to celebrate that by you coming here. <laughs> I agree, one hundred percent. So this is definitely long overdue. I feel like, but it's Congrats premature at the same shit. time. Thank you. Why don't you should start off with uh, what you were just kind of talking about? How you f- went and did your own research. And figure out how to get off it. So, um, originally, when I started off um, in jail, they put me on house arrest with the sheriff's office here. And that kind of house arrest is called four walls. So you're not allowed to check your mail. You can't go through any kind of door to go smoke a cigarette. Nothing like that. You're inside 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Yeah, there's nothing you can do whatsoever. So... Um, after my case ended up getting situated, they moved me to what's called community control, which is house arrest, but it's through the Department of Corrections. And I, while I was on that, you know, I kind of started to pee people in the office, and I was the only one that didn't have an ankle monitor on. Everybody else had an ankle monitor on. And Even when you were in the four walls? No, I had an ankle monitor on for that. When I was on community control, they... Actually, let me back up a little bit. So... In the middle of my pre-trial, I ended up getting moved to SOR um, because that's that's originally when I started doing the research was I was on the PBSO house arrest and I started to see people with these serious charges. Sorry, I had to hit the blood. <laughs> uh, I saw people with these really serious charges, but they were not on house arrest. They were on SOR, which is supervised release. You go in, you take a drug test, pay 10 bucks a week, whatever. So I ended up reaching out to my lawyer and asking if I could do that. So his answer was the worst thing they could say is no. Went in and they actually ended up agreeing to it. At first they said no. And then my lawyer went up to the judge, like personally, like when, you know, they, they turn mm-hmm. on sound so you can't hear. Mm-hmm. This is, like, a different day than when you asked yourself? This was probably, like, maybe three days later. Like, I had hit him up about it, and he was, like, the worst thing they can say is no. You told told him that they said no, and then he, like, tried. No, he was... I mean, when you're in court, you can't really talk, you know? So I had to go in front of a judge to get it modified, essentially, to get my pretrial release modified to being put on just the regular supervised release. That was no ankle monitor, no call into a probation officer or nothing. It was, I had to go in and take a drug test once a week and I had a 10 o'clock curfew. Hmm. But transitioning from 
that four walls to that curfew was literally it felt like I was on cloud nine but to go back to the research part of it essentially um after my case was over I got put on community control and I realized that there was two different types there was what's called cc1 and cc2 and I was on cc1 which is no ankle monitor but you're still on house arrest essentially so community control you have to plan your life a week ahead of time Mm. like 24 hour a day seven day a week actual week so it's each hour you put what you're doing and you have to fill out every single one of those spots and you have to be on point with the time because beforehand or beforehand a week a week before oh so So you you have to tell them them what you're going to be doing yes because they need to know where you are and that's both that's for both parties with the ankle monitor without Mm -hmm. and a lot of people would say to me, like, you know, you could do this, you could do that. And I was always like, no, absolutely not. And I didn't, but I didn't have an ankle monitor. So I started kind of looking more into it about the laws of early termination and things like that. And I read that after the first three months of you being on um, community control, excuse me, you could have like a little bit of you could have four hours each week of recreational time but it had to be something like positive that you were doing like you couldn't go chill at a friend's house or some shit like that you know like you had to like be doing something so i was like okay cool i want to start doing that so i chose to go to the pool in my community Mm -hmm. that's what i wanted to do and that was something positive and at the time i was like hmm like you know i'm kind of doing like the actual right thing. I had graduated from cosmetology school. Congrats. Uh, thank you. When? Uh, I graduated in December Fuck of yeah. last year. Hell yeah. Or actually, no. It was earlier than that. I want to say it was like November. And now it's probably like not the best time to be working in that. It was hard. It was so, it was really hard, honestly, so because. A pause. But... I, I started off um, cosmetology school on the four walls house arrest. They wow. allowed me to start going to school. They would not oh, allow nice. me to work, though. They refused to let <laughs> me work. They would not let <laughs> me work. Motherfucker. <laughs> and so. To conclude about the research part, I ended up seeing in the Department of Corrections that throughout your... Because usually community control is standard is two years. Like, you have to do a minimum of two years of that. And that's what I was sentenced to. But I read that if you were six months in, you could modify your community control. So I had... Paid by restitution up front. I was always on time with my court fees. Never messed up one time, essentially. Mm -hmm. And everything was kind of up to par. So I went to my um, community control officer at the time, and I was like, would you be okay if I went before a judge with me switching over to standard probation? And she said, no. Absolutely not. I think you should. So I was kind of just testing the waters a little bit when I said that. I didn't know too much. I was like more of like, oh, this is the system. Like they want to keep you as long as possible. Well, I was actually blessed in that sense to where they were like, yeah, go go for it. So um, literally I had been talking to my lawyer about this for like a good month. And my lawyer was like, let's wait. We need to wait. We need to wait. Like, we, this, we're going to have a way better chance because 
like this has kind of been all of a blessing in disguise like what your sentence is to begin with mm-hmm. so I I did end up waiting out like a month of it and then the coronavirus had literally just started just started and my lawyer texted me and goes check your email checked my email and it was an agreed motion between the state and my lawyer to modify me to regular probation and get off house arrest yes and completely get off of house arrest and that was in may so i i that's sick as fuck for real but it was when the covid started so as soon as that started i couldn't do shit that's basically Uh, how that started so anybody listening i hope you know you definitely listened to what she was saying because you know you could do the same thing essentially that's my number one thing that i wish i could tell so many people but like i it's hard because nowadays you don't really know who's on probation and just trying to get through it and get off and become like you know to the next step in their life or the people who are going to fall back into the same routine so i don't want to waste my energy with that so that would be the number one thing i would tell people (laughs) i'll probably title it how to get off (laughs) (laughs) and really like do your research and really (coughs) follow the conditions because the more you follow them the better chance you have of having more freedom and that's like the most beautiful thing when it's taken away from you Mm -hmm. let's get into the good part the spicy part the extra spicy part and obviously you know like feel free to be weary of what you say you know take a take a moment to think Absolutely. About what you want to talk about. and Yes. But, but uh, I definitely want to hear the story. The good stuff. So, uh, at the time, I was 19 years old. I was freshly 19 years old, I would want to say. And I started messing around with this dude. I, thought he, I just thought he was hot. He was cool. Like, I never... I never really, I've never in my life was I involved with any type of, like, guns, violence, robbing people, hurting people, stealing from people's houses, stealing phones. I never was a part of that fuckery. Like, mm-hmm. you know, my parents, my mom at least for sure raised me right in the sense of, like, she taught me that she had to work hard for everything and I wanted to do that for myself. And I was also really, really blessed in the sense of, um my parents taking care of me Mm -hmm. and shout out to your parents yeah definitely for that a hundred percent they definitely helped me throughout my whole case as well i will say my mom 100 percent held it down like that's my that's what's up they didn't turn your their back on you which is really nice she did not at all and that was like you know my I'd never really been in trouble the way that I have when I start getting into it. It's absolutely insane. I had never really been in trouble like that. I've gotten in trouble, but never something like life altering. Mm-hmm. House arrest. So, I was, Ask. you know, that was actually supposed to be really like prison time, to be fair, with what they were charging me with to begin with. So uh, we'll just kind of go into it. I met the guy. And, um, during this time I was dancing and I was using drugs. I was literally fucking lost as hell. Mm -hmm. I really was a hundred percent. And 
What kind of dance? Oh, I was stripping. Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was stripping. <laughs> That's just the nice way of saying that. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to keep a glass here, but yeah, oh my I, was, God. I, was, I was shaking ass, you feel me? So that's what we were doing. Never, you know, never selling any kind of poonanny. That oh, was yeah. not going down. A lot of people have that misconception about strippers. Let's get that clear. This one, or previous one, I should say, was not doing that. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so... This, the situation basically was... Because I don't want to put too, too much detail into sure. it. Um, he, the guy who I was speaking to or talking to, messing around with, fucking with, whatever you want to call it, uh, w- wanted to rob a plug. Mm-hmm. Drug dealer, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so, at the time, the other person who I was with... um. We were living together, and we decided that um, it was basically going to be the three of us. Mm-hmm. But it was his, more of his kind of like, I, I, I need to rob somebody. Like, what's good with that? Mm-hmm. Like, I need to rob somebody. And I didn't necessarily feel comfortable, like, just being in that situation alone. And I had spoke to the person about it, and they were like, oh, I've been wanted to, like, be on that. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> it was essentially kind of, like, over with. And it was just a stupid drug mentality because I don't believe that the person who I was with also at the time, like, would have done that if we were sober, you know? Yeah. I don't think so. I'm sorry, it's a little yeah. rolling. And, um, so, basically... We didn't really know what was going to go down. We knew that he was going to take his drugs. <laughs> You're talking about uh, he as in... The guy who I was messing with, whose mm-hmm. idea this was originally. And you're like, you don't know what was going to go down because you, he wasn't trying to involve you. He just, you it, knew he was going to do it. It wasn't even... Eventually. It, it was more of like, he wasn't being transparent about what was going to go down. He mm-hmm. just was telling us that we had to be involved, essentially. Oh, okay. So he was trying to involve you. Yes. Um, you could call pretty much me and the other person in this the crash dummies for mm-hmm. this. But then this has an extreme plot twist at the end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Holy shit. Let's get it. So, he ends up robbing the guy. Things go horribly. Like, absolutely awful. Like, it was not anything I expected. It was not anything the other person expected whatsoever. And we just wanted to leave. Get out of there. Because you were there. Yes. You walked into the curb, too. You don't have to say if you uh, did or not, but, like, were you driving? I don't know. So we, um, yes, we did go into the house. We did. That's like, that's on record anyways. So I I, yeah. I get we, that I that I You were like say. trying to have you he wanted you all to have his back. Um it was essentially like more of a distraction, I guess you could say. I'm oh, not okay. sure. He I'm was not like, really oh, I want sure. Y'all, like ladies to distract mm. this fool. So it was it's kind of hard to like get into true true detail about sure. like the essentials of what happened yeah. cuz like there's people who know people of course, of course. and kind of know the situation of what happened. And it's something I haven't spoken about at all. This is the first time I've ever spoken about it truly publicly, like at all. That's really 
And to be very honest with you, we, yes, we were in the house, but we did not know what was going to happen. Mm -hmm. And I had tried to leave. When it was first going down, before anything happened, I tried to leave and go get my... I said I was getting my cell phone out of the car. Yeah. But I was just trying to... But you were just kind of over it. I was... It was just like... I was like, I don't want to do this. I was kind of overthinking. I was uh, not overthinking it, but I was like... No, you were thinking. I was thinking it. I was thinking it through. I was like, wait a minute. Let me me back up real quick. (laughs) Hold on a second. So I said I was going to go get my phone. And then before you know it, I opened the door to leave. And then the guy comes right in so there was no leaving for me i literally just ended up like walking backwards into the house y'all thought he wasn't really home no it wasn't that it's basically it was supposed to be like uh uh pretend like you're buying drugs yeah yeah yeah. and so Uh, we go back in, uh, not we, I step back in there, which was the dumbest thing I could have possibly done, and this idiot has a gun. Uh-huh. <laughs> and we didn't know that. Me, the other person and I did not know that. We did not have knowledge that he was going to have a gun. We didn't really know that there was going to be any violence whatsoever. That's not what was supposed to happen. Right. That's why we were really kind of just like shook overall. Which is very, very ignorant. Yeah, and because y'all were going there to do some fucking gnarly shit. Yeah, we that's that's well, here's that just shows you how often I was involved in things like yeah. that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I had no idea, like, sometimes that was, it wouldn't even like be like that, like violence level. You're saying I was never like involved with yeah. any kind of like, yeah, robbery. so you weren't really like ready so for I this wasn't, to even yeah, all you know what go, I'm, that, that's, go to this level. That's, I had no idea, you know what I'm saying? Like, 100%. I, everybody, like, if they want to call it hitting a lick, they want to call it robbing somebody, whatever. Like, I had never, I've never done that before. So I was kind of like, I was on drugs, I was mm-hmm. messing with this guy. Yeah. I wasn't for money. There's, that really wasn't even like yeah. what it was for. It was more of like, just me being stupid mm-hmm. just a hundred percent being an idiot um i did like <laughs> there ended up being a lot of violence and we left yeah well with his stuff was it a successful it, robbery it, at the end of the it day? was at the end of the day it was not um it was just narcotics yeah. there was like it, that's literally and then it, but now it was, it's like this dude knows who y'all who he he him. knew who we were because we and is he pissed is he trying to come back at y'all like was he at the time he that's how we got caught that's how we got caught was um obviously what we did was wrong but um he was very hurt so he had gone to the hospital and and then had to tell what happened yes and then yes yes so this is just the whole I'm so happy we're hearing this story because you know this goes to show how real things can get and it, how people don't really realize this how literally real can get. is the biggest regret of my entire life although it changed me as a person and made me a completely oh, yeah. different because it didn't being. seem like you were really going down the right path I was definitely not I was so lost I was and even though an you you know you weren't ready for all that shit I to didn't happen, I, I was not in you could have mo- still like died oh if and looking back on it like we should have been shot like that's like think about it like at that yeah. at that point like we we should have been shot so it's overall like just looking back on it 
it's not good. None of it is good. Like, it was just a super, like, it shows that a five-second decision can change the entire dynamic of your life. Mm -hmm. And that's what I learned. Mm -hmm. And, well, 48 hours later, um, I'm driving because I was like, I'm having a mental breakdown. Like, I need to go be with my mom. (laughs) I just need to go be with her. So I was driving and a cop got behind me and put his lights on and my license was suspended at the time. Mm -hmm. And I thought, Oh shit, my license is suspended. How long ago is this after this all went down? 48 hours, literally 48 hours. (laughs) And you're alone at the time. Yes. Yes. I, this was just like insane. And Oh my goodness. I, pulled into a gas station and literally 10 u.s marshals circle around me with guns pointed at me and they're like get the fuck out of the car get the fuck on the ground get out of the car so that is like the scariest moment probably of my life because one false move i was like holy shit like what is what's going on like i was just really confused because i didn't understand like I also was so dumb at the time that I didn't understand how serious, right. like, what happened was. And that's, like, you know, going to jail and having to do all these things and really, like, seeing what had happened. Because I, it was such a, as much as it sounds like bullshit, it was such a traumatic event because I had never seen any shit like that in real life that my mind kind of just blocked it all out. So having to, like, be sober and, like, really sit there and swallow like what i had been a part of made me want to change myself as a person oh yeah and that's beautiful as fuck yeah that was that was just like holy shit like i can't believe i i did this as a person and it was hard because a lot of people didn't think i had you were super lost though and it didn't you know i mean like like somebody's gonna want to hit a lick for money and you weren't there for the money you were, you know? Yeah, so I it's really like wasn't, you, it, like... You weren't, at the, in the beginning of it, in any ways, you weren't there really for, like, that. But in still, 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 the fact that you were with that person and they were getting you to do that shit is so bad. And, like, it's so good that you're, like, off that path. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 100%. Even being with that person that was money hungry. Because that was his intentions. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So is there anything you want to ask me? I feel like, I don't know. I don't know where to go from here. That was a really dope story. So, like... That's... And basically after... Well, when the marshals came, that's when my case started. That's when everything started. And then, did you ever see the dude again? No. I saw him that day that I had gotten arrested, literally. I think. How? Um, he like came to visit. No, okay, so I was actually out on bond at the time, oh. and I went to go pay my lawyer, my other lawyer that I was using at the time, and I had he had came to my apartment complex like literally right before mm. I had gone to up. the lawyer there. No, like he like we were on oh, the phone yeah. and he just came like just drove the, over there real quick you because talk, yeah. You know? Hung out and... Not even, like, hung out. Like, I was walking out to my car. Yeah. And, like, just saw him. Was it, like, you didn't want to see him? Was it weird? Did you want to see him because you knew... To be really honest with you, like... Or... At that time, in my fucked up mindset, I was just kind of, like... 
I think he has a mental problem because of the way that he acted when all of this was going down and mm-hmm. like you know I'm just like a little I was scared I was yeah. really scared to be honest with you so I was just kind of like I need to but I did care for him yeah. so it was like a very strange feeling of like caring for somebody but being scared at the same time yeah it's um, crazy how what a relationship will do to it wasn't even a relationship that was the crazy part is that it really wasn't a relationship it was just like well just you knowing so, no i'm not saying relationship yeah. in a sense of official boyfriend and girlfriend i'm saying in a relationship as in like you loved that person you know yeah and that's what i mean it's like it's crazy what love will do yeah i i definitely like the person who was w- w- with me in the situation, uh, I'm not talking on it because there is still, like, yeah. legal binding situations where I cannot speak about them to them, you know, so I just don't want to cross any boundaries doing that. But, um, I, like I said, I don't believe at the time uh, the person who I was with would have done that mm-hmm. um, if we were if we were sober. Word. Um, and, I don't know, believe like they're, they're that's a good uh good way to maybe end this is uh you know please be weary of your drug intake you know what I'm saying because as as much as it seems like drugs uh I'm not talking to you I'm talking to everybody else absolutely uh, you know because I do drugs too so um, I know I, the I have a medical well. card you know I'm, I'm on I I, I, <laughs> I may still have the probation going on but I do have a license to smoke marijuana so do that legally (laughs) and weed is not what i mean by when i say drugs yeah and uh you know everybody just needs to be careful and put put what's important first you know put your family put or whatever whatever your family may be the people that care about you and that go out of their way for you you should be doing the same thing don't let drugs get in the way of that um don't get don't let drugs get in the way of what's important like the way to feed yourself which is essentially money unfortunately you know and you know just try to be a good person and unfortunately sometimes when we're fucked ass up it's hard to be a good person so try to be as fucked up as least as possible (laughs) (laughs) you know like just smoke weed and like chill out you know yes like it's okay like i don't i i i'm i don't judge anybody do whatever makes you happy but drugs can really turn you into a shitty person Um, i've seen a lot of friends ruin their lives over drugs i'm sure you have too so and a lot of people that are listening probably have too so let's all you know let's all just think about that and think about them and think about yourselves and just let's all just take time to think more you know meditate uh in a way you know always take time to think about yourself and be fully aware and of what you're doing and who you're surrounding yourself with never lose sight of yourself who you want to be sometimes we all need a little house arrest to yeah, sit I back needed, and think. I needed my probation. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely I definitely needed mine for sure. <laughs> I uh I definitely did. It definitely changed me as a person, one hundred percent. And uh I don't Same. There's a lot of 
people that say like oh like the system will fail you it's all just like a cheat and like it's all like you just keep getting caught up in it but if you really do like what the fuck you're supposed to do like yeah. that's not the case at and all and you learn from your yeah. mistakes you know like, you don't you just know. follow down the same paths over and over again 100 percent that's like i could like i look back on myself and i literally like, grow up i'm like who is that i'm like who the fuck like why hey, but you're here now <laughs> definitely and i'm here now and everybody that's listening is here now i appreciate everybody for listening to this podcast thank you very much we're out um stay tuned for the next one follow me on instagram at paul underscore is underscore high my clothing brand, Paul.Calvani. Why don't you uh, put your shit out there? No? <laughs> All right. It makes sense. I love you guys. Deuces.